Heavenly Father, we are gathered in this place today to hear from you, to receive from you, to be embraced by you. Lord, I know that that many come, including myself, who need your presence, who need your healing, who need the ministry that only you can perform for us. So Lord, I thank you that you are present in this service. And I thank you that you are not silent, but that you speak. You speak through your word. So we, we thank you for, for the word that we, we've heard already this morning, for the words that have been read, for the word that has been sung. Lord, I pray that we would just continue to soak it up like a sponge, to be refreshed, to be nourished, to be empowered by your spirit as your witnesses. So congregation, I just ask you to take a moment now just to take a deep breath, to clear your heart, to clear your mind of all distractions so that you can receive from the Lord. Amen. Well, it is good to see each and every one of you here today. We welcome you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'd also like to welcome Jacob Rigg. Jacob is a seminary student at SPU. He actually read our call to worship for us this morning. So for this uh, quarter and next quarter, he'll be joining us in the office on Tuesdays and helping us with a number of different ministry things that people who are in training for the ministry need to learn and observe and gain experience in. So Jacob, we welcome you here. Uh, We thank you that you have uh, this opportunity to be with us here at Maple Park Church. Jacob grew up at Rock of Ages, our sister church in uh, Ballard, and then he began attending our sister church in Marysville, Washington, where he began his internship, but the pastor from Marysville has taken a call to our church in West Fargo. Uh, So Jacob is here with us, and what a blessing it is to have Jacob uh, to be a part of our congregation during these semesters of his training uh, for the ministry. Today I invite you to turn in your Bibles and also stand for the reading of our gospel lesson today. The gospel lesson uh, that's been assigned for this Sunday of Epiphany is John 1, 43 through 51. The season of Epiphany is the season of revealing. It's, It's Jesus revealing himself to us. Who is Jesus? Why did he come? And what is he here to do for us? John 1, beginning with verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, get this, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you. When you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, 
Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Our gospel lesson opens with these words. He found Philip. Jesus found Philip. Jesus has found you. He has found you. Jesus found Philip and said to Philip, follow me. Follow me. And Jesus has called to you, follow me. That's what he's saying to you this morning. Wherever you're at, if you're at home, if you're in the parking lot here in the sanctuary, Jesus is calling you today and he is calling you to follow him. Did you know that everyone follows someone or something? Everyone latches on to a leader or to an ideology and and everyone follows. And people are really passionate about what they follow. Yesterday, the Buffalo Bills, they just had an incredible game. And it's amazing to see the passion and the excitement of those Buffalo fans as they've been in a playoff drought for over 20 years. You're a Seahawks fan. When the Seahawks are doing good, you're passionate, right? Each and every one of us are followers. And we're passionate about who or what we follow. Just look at our election. Have you ever seen people so passionate about their favorite candidate? Everyone follows someone or something, an ideology, a a leader, a religion, a guiding set of principles. We're all followers. And if you're not following Jesus, you're going to be following someone or something else. So I ask you the question today, who are you following? Or what are you following? You see, Jesus found Philip and said to him, follow me, follow me. This way of following is the way it's been since the beginning. You see, God created, I believe God created Adam and Eve to follow. He created Adam and Eve to follow his way, his true and good way. In Genesis chapter 2, we read, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So God says, follow me, follow my word, follow my way. And when they stopped following God through their disobedience, things got bad. And it's no different for you or I. When we stop following the God who created us, things don't go well. Who are you following? Who or what are you following? And did you know that that not only are we followers, are we created to follow, that who or what you follow matters? So the first point I have today is that we're created to follow. Every person is a follower. Number two, who you follow who you're following today 
or what you're following today really does matter. Because who you follow or what you follow determines where you'll end up. Who or what you follow determines where you will end up. When it snows hard, and now I'm talking about blinding snow, I think that many of us have had the experience of driving in blinding snow, this kind of snow where, where you can only see a little bit in front of you. How many of you have driven in those kind of conditions before? It's kind of scary. When I'm driving in those terrible conditions, I have to follow something because I don't know where the road's at. So typically, I'll follow the ruts in front of me. The people who drove before me, there's ruts in the snow and I can see those, so I'll, I'll try to follow the ruts. Or if I'm lucky, maybe I'll, I can follow the dim taillights of somebody in front of me. But, but what always goes through my mind when I'm following the ruts or I'm following the dim taillights is this. What if they go off the road? What if they go into the ditch? There's no guarantee that the ruts are going to keep me on the road, and there's no guarantee that the taillights that I'm following in front of me are actually going in the right direction, but it's all I have. Who or what you follow matters, and who you follow or what you follow determines where you'll end up. Thanks be to God, he leads us. He leads us. He leads us by the truth of his word. So we're all followers. Who we follow, it matters because it determines where we're going to end up. And God leads us. Number three, God leads us by the truth of his word. And his word calls us to follow Jesus. His word calls us to follow Jesus. And Jesus has called you to follow him. And when you fail, when you and I fail to follow him... And when we follow someone or something else, we, we, we can end up in, in the ditch, in a bad place, stuck. So Jesus found Philip and said to him, follow me. Jesus found you, and he has said to you, follow me. So the question is, are you following him? Are you following him, or, or are you being led into a ditch? So we're all followers. Who or what you follow matters because it determines where we'll end up. Number three, thanks be to God, he leads us by the light of his word. He leads us by the light of his word. The Bible says that God's word is a lamp to your feet and his word is a light to your path. So when you're in the word, you're following him. You're following Christ. So when you follow him or follow his word, you're following Jesus. So we're all followers. Who or what you follow matters because it determines where you'll end up. God's word is his light. It illuminates the correct path, the right path, the good path. And through it we follow Jesus. But... The bad news is, is that number four, we're prone to wander away. I don't know about you, but I get distracted. I'm easily distracted. How many of you here are easily distracted? 
Sometimes when I'm driving down the road, my wife has to remind me, you got to keep your eyes on the road. you got to watch where you're going. So many of us are so easily distracted, and that's really who we are by nature when it comes to following God. We're prone to wander away. We're prone to wander. Why? Why are we prone to wander? Well, I believe because the Bible teaches us that we're like sheep. We're like sheep. Think about this. Because we're like sheep, we follow. But we're prone to be distracted and to follow in the wrong direction. So throughout the Bible, God uses the theme of of shepherd and sheep. Jesus is our shepherd. He's the one who leads us. We're to follow him and, and we're the sheep. You ever thought about that? The Bible compares you to a sheep? Isn't that kind of rude? You're like a sheep. Why the crude metaphor? Why would, would God use sheep to describe us? Well, here's the answer. People who work with sheep, people who, who work with sheep will tell you that, that sheep are instinctively followers. Sheep follow. One guy from the church, from, from our church in New York, says that he put he put a colt, a pony, in the pen with the sheep, and wherever that pony would, would go, the sheep would follow, just followed that, that pony around all day long. They'll actually tell you that sheep aren't dumb, but because they instinctively follow, they get themselves into trouble. It's their instinct to follow that gets them into the trouble. And if they don't have a good shepherd, They'll, they'll get lost, and they'll wander into, into danger. And it seems that even before humanity's fallen to sin, that humanity, we were susceptible to following lies. So when Satan slithered into the Garden of Eden, what did he say? Genesis 3.1. He said to Eve, did God actually say... Did God actually say that you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Did God really say? This is still Satan's tactic in our lives. We're followers. Who or what you follow matters because it determines where you'll end up. God's word is your light. Number four, we're still prone to wander. We're still prone to wander. To hear the lie of the enemy to be duped into believing or to following in a direction that we shouldn't go. So what hope do we have as hopeless followers? I think the good news and the great promise of today's reading from John 1, 43 through 51 is found in verse 43. Really, this whole sermon is, is really my sermon text is verse 43. Three words. He found Philip. He found Philip. Jesus found Philip. That's our only hope. We are followers. What we follow or who we follow matters because it determines where we'll end up. God's word is our light, but yet we're still prone to wander. But here's the good news. When we wander away, Jesus always comes searching for us. Jesus always comes searching for you. 
when you wander away. That's our only hope, is that we have a good shepherd that searches for us. So he found Philip, and Jesus found Philip. He said to Philip, follow me. Jesus found Philip. Jesus has found you, and Jesus has found me. It's the only hope we have is Jesus finding us. Did you know that God has actually been seeking and finding and saving lost people since the fall? Since the fall, he has been, he has been after seeking and finding lost people. Remember Adam and Eve, those who chose not to follow God's word, who followed the lie, the trick of Satan, which led to a bad place. Their relationship with God was broken. What did God do? Did God just say to Adam and Eve, You're, I'm, I'm done with you? I send you off to hell? No. God went looking to find Adam and Eve. Genesis 3, 8 and 9. But Adam and Eve, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. You see, God went walking through the garden to find Adam and Eve. But the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? Where are you? Could God be asking the same question of you today? Where are you? Where are you? I love you. Follow me. Jesus found Adam. Jesus found Eve. Jesus found Philip. Well, the triune God found Adam. The triune God found Eve, found Philip, and he found you and I. Why? Well, Jesus gives us the answer. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray... Does he not leave the 99 in the mountains and go and search for the one that went astray? Doesn't the good shepherd go looking for his lost sheep? And when he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the 99 that never went astray. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that any of these little ones should perish. It is not God's will for anyone to be separated, broken, uh, have that relationship broken and to perish apart from him. We wander from God, but Jesus finds us. Jesus saves us. Jesus brings us back into the fold. We lost sheep have been found by our good shepherd. We're followers by nature. All right? Who we follow, what we follow matters because it determines where we'll end up. God's word is our light. It illuminates our path so we know where we should follow, but we're still prone to wander. But then Jesus comes searching to find us and to save us because he loves us. Ian, would you put the painting up? My son Daniel has a painting. It's just a beautiful painting. It, it hangs in his bedroom. It's uh, maybe turn down the lights in here too, Alex, so people can see it better. This is a, uh, a painting that hangs in a church in Santiago, Chile. 
and it's called The Good Shepherd. And I want you to look at this painting because sometimes art, or probably more often than not, art speaks louder than words. And this is a powerful, powerful painting. I want you to take note of those sheep. If you look at the sheep that's closest to Jesus, you'll notice that it's wounded. It's wounded. You can't see it too clearly on that screen, but there are wound marks on the sheep. Then if you notice in the background, what's there? The wolf. So the picture paints a story for us, the story of a sheep that has wandered from the fold, who has been wounded by the enemy, but Jesus went searching. Jesus found the sheep. And when Jesus found that sheep, he embraced the sheep to comfort and to bring healing to it. You can take the, you actually leave it up there. That's fine. So I ask you the question, have you been hurt? Have you been hurt? Have you been wounded? Have you wandered from the fold and experienced the pain of being separated from your heavenly father? You seem to have wounds upon your heart that just won't heal. And here's the good news. Jesus came for you. He came to seek you to seek and to save you, to find you wherever you're at. So believe that Jesus has found you. Believe that today you are in his arms. Believe today that you are protected by him. This is you right now, that wounded sheep. That's you right now, held in his arms. And he is providing for your healing. Jesus is the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. Jesus loves you. He loves all people beyond measure. Yes, we're followers. We understand that who we follow matters because it determines where we'll end up. We know that God's word is our light, but yet we're prone to wander. To end up in bad places. But Jesus, who seeks to find you, he loves you. He loves you beyond measure. He loves you so much that he went to the cross. And you also notice that Jesus' hands are scarred as well. Because it's through the cross, through the suffering and death of Jesus, that we find our comfort, our healing, in our peace, and he is risen. He's alive today to embrace you. Jesus found Philip. He found you. And today he is still seeking. He is still finding those who are lost to bring them in to the fold. And we can't read this passage without noticing a movement A movement is afoot. After Jesus found Philip, Philip found Nathanael. Philip went and told Nathanael, guess who I found? 
And Nathanael became a believer. Nathanael was embraced by Jesus. Think of that. Now not only see yourself as as the one embraced by Jesus, but think of your friend or your uh, relative or the person that you work with or your neighbor or strangers that we've never met before who are living without the Good Shepherd, who Jesus is seeking to save, those who need to be embraced today. Why has Jesus placed this church here in Linwood, Washington? It's because Jesus is seeking and saving the lost, and he wants to use you and I to tell others and to bring them into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So we cannot read this passage without seeing the movement, the movement of the gospel. Jesus found Philip. Philip found Nathanael. Where did Nathanael end up? Well, we don't really know. Some say he went to India and preached the gospel there. Others say that he went to Egypt and preached the gospel there. We don't know where Nathanael went, but he went somewhere. And there he proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ. The mission of God is a mission of God finding, of God seeking and saving the lost, of finding people wherever they are so that we can share the gospel of Jesus' death and resurrection and forgiveness of sins. Not only have you been found by Jesus, you get to join Jesus in his mission of finding people so that they too will come to Christ, experience his salvation, and have new life. So we're followers. Who we follow matters because it ends up, it determines where we'll end up. God's word is our light. Yet we're prone to wander from Jesus. Jesus came. He found me. He found you. He saved us. Forgave us of all of our sins. And then number six, Jesus calls us to find others for the mission to which God has called us. That's why we're here. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that you have come for us. Not to condemn us, not to punish us, but you have come to save us. Lord, without you we're lost, but in you we're secure. Our sins are forgiven. We're embraced in your arms. Heavenly Father, may we rest in that place today. Be empowered in that place today. So that as we leave this place, we can truly leave this place serving you. And telling others where they can find salvation. Telling others where they can find healing and hope. That it's in you alone. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.